The following episode is a repeat of one of our most popular Carmelite Conversations programs. You're listening to Radio Maria, a Christian voice in your home. We now present our program, Carmelite Conversations, with Francis Harry. Hello, and welcome to Carmelite Conversations. I'm so glad you're here with us. Um, today, we're going to talk about testing and discerning a vocation to the secular order of discalced Carmelites. And we're using as our resource a book by Father Aloysius Dini, called Welcome to the Secular Order of Discalced Carmelites. Really good book. This is a follow-up conversation um, to a program we had about a year ago um, on the 18th of January 2016, in which we talked about the basics of beginning one's formation in Carmel, what to expect at the first meeting, what the requirements are in daily life. And here we are in January again, and it's the perfect time for another conversation as many communities begin their formation year at the beginning of the calendar year. Um, you know, God calls us but does not constrain or force us. So it's our job to recognize the call and answer the call and to figure out where that call is. And I know from Matthew 19, verse 21, if thou wilt be perfect, come follow me. That's the thing we want to follow the Lord. So um, I'm going to start with an opening prayer, and then I'm going to introduce our guest, because Mark's not able to be with me tonight, but I do have a guest. Um, she's been on many times before. But let's start with a prayer. This comes from our um, Catholic uh, Conference of Bishops. Um, it is called the Prayer to Know One's Vocation. And let us get recollected and trust that the Lord is with us and in our interior in the divine indwelling, and let's gaze at him as he gazes at us, and let us pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, my God and my loving Father, you have made me to know you, to love you, to serve you, and thereby to find and to fulfill my deepest longings. I know that you are in all things, and that every path can lead me to you. But of them all... There is one especially by which you want me to come to you. Since I will do what you want of me, I pray you, send your Holy Spirit to me, into my mind, to show me what you want of me, into my heart, to give me the determination to do it, and to do it with all my love, with all my mind, with all of my strength right to the end. Jesus, I trust in you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 
Well, it's my pleasure to welcome Colleen Solinger. She is a mother and homeschooling teacher, six children, two of which are in college, and the youngest is four, so she knows the five. She's five, that's right. Last year she was four. <laughs> um, uh, she knows the depth and breadth of uh, raising children. And um, Colleen is a member of the Secular Order of Discalced Carmelite Community of our Mother of Good Counsel here in Dayton, Ohio. And she um, has been a formation uh, facilitator. She taught the uh, aspirancy class, um, which were the people who uh, are getting to uh, know what the Carmelite charism is and what the requirements are and discerning whether they are called to go forward and into being formed. Um, so she's in a perfect position to talk about discerning a vocation to the secular order of the Scals Carmelites. So uh, it's with great joy that I welcome you back, Colleen. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for inviting me again. <laughs> well, it's always a joy to have you. And um, I know I've always enjoyed our conversations. And I think we have a lot to share tonight about um, vocations. So uh, why don't you get us started off here? Right. As you already mentioned, we talked. what we're going to be talking about is based on the article of um, Father Dini's, which is Testing and Discerning a Vocation to the Secular Order of Discalced Carmelites. He mentions six points to use in the discernment, and that would be, um, first of all, being a practicing member of the Catholic Church. Secondly, under the protection of Our Lady of Mount Carmel. Third, inspired by St. Teresa and St. John. And that's St. Teresa of Avila, or, or as we call her, St. Teresa of Jesus, right. which she goes by both, and St. John of the Cross. Right. Um, making, uh, I'm sorry, fourth, making commitment to the order. Fifth, seeking the face of God. And sixth, for the sake of the church and the world. Okay, those are six very important elements. And so um, I know this is what we're going to do. We're going to talk about each one of those elements and how those play out in uh, the fabric of our lives. Right. So let's start out with the first one, practicing member of the Catholic Church. Right. I'll start off with a quote directly from um, Father Dini, which goes, as a basic litmus test of practicing the Catholic faith, I suggest the capacity to participate fully in the Eucharist with a clear conscience. Okay, so what does that mean? Right. Translate. Um, yeah. <laughs> Can you go to, are you able to uh, participate in the Mass, receive the Holy Communion with a clear conscience? If you can, then, yeah, then that's the, 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 the definition of the practicing member of the Catholic Church as it would apply to be, you know, discerning your vocation. And and so somebody who is in mortal sin, of course, wouldn't right. be receiving the Eucharist right. or somebody who was, um, say, divorced and living with somebody, that would not be right. good, not, not, not acceptable. Right. Um, uh, so there's no impediments. Uh, this is a person that's in... Uh, in grace and um, is coming before uh, the Lord each week, a daily mass, I mean, a, a weekly mass commitment, of course. And so um, that's very important. That's a, uh, and, and so that, needless to say, that means they need to be Catholic. Right. <laughs> yes. You and must I, be Catholic um, because the order is in line with Rome. Right. Um, recognizing the hierarchy of the church, meaning 
the Pope. Right. He's so <laughs> if you're not going to follow the Pope, this is not for you. Right. And as um, Father mentions, non-Catholic people with an interest in the spirituality of Carmel are certainly welcome to participate in whatever way a community might invite them, but they cannot be members of the secular order. So, for example, our community will do... Um, prayer nights, um, or we will do whole novenas or reflections. Yeah, things like that. And anybody who has an interest in Carmelite spirituality is more than welcome to such events. However, um, only you would have to, you could not be a member of the order. Right. Um, By being a member of the order, they make um, a promise, and those promises are very important, and we'll we'll talk a little bit about that. But um, the other thing here is that each community may be may handle this a little bit different um, because of the culture of the community. I mean, we have certain norms and standards that we follow, but then there is a little bit of uniqueness with each community as well. Um, Yeah, one other point before we move on to also, um, because we've had people who are newly converted, who newly come into the church, who are interested in Carmel. And that's beautiful to know so early in your journey as a Catholic, isn't it? However, you should be a practicing Catholic for at least 18 months before applying and why is that? <laughs> well, you know, it, it gives you some time to, um, it, it's just a, at a discernment time. Right. And I think it, it gives you time. You need that time to live the full life of the Catholic faith. Right. Uh, so you are, are confident in what that is before you go into the order. Now, this is a fairly new uh, statute about waiting at least 18 months before applying. So many of our uh, communities might have a member who came in uh, right out of RCIA, Um, but that is rare. And, of course, now is no longer the case. Now you need that 18 months of breathing time, which I think is very wise. Um, uh, I think you need to live the fullness of the Catholic life before you make a commitment to um, going into uh, the Carmelite community uh, to discern a call there. So I think that's important. Okay, so that leads us to the next point, which is under the protection of Our Lady of Mount Carmel. So I like to think of this as being under her mantle of love. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, Carmelite views on Mary might differ from other Marian devotions. Um, we certainly, Carmelites and others, might share the wearing of the scapular, praying the rosary, Um, devotion to various messages or themes from various apparitions. But what distinguishes the secular Carmelite, Discalced Carmelite Marian devotion, is really attitude. Okay, in what way? Um, Here's a direct quote from Father Dini. Mary is a model of prayer and mediation. Um, we, We talk about how she ponders things in her heart. You know, that, that comes from scripture. Um, I would say that the Carmelite devotion to Mary embraces her combined contemplative spirit and material care. Um, You know, behold your mother, behold your son. It has temporal and spiritual implications. Um, A secular discalced Carmelite would strive to balance something that I believe came natural to Mary because of who she was. (laughs) Right. Well, and I think also for me, I like to think of it in terms of, have a great hunger to do God's will. Yes. And uh, like the blessed mother, when she said, fiat, you yeah. know, thy will be done fiat. And, and so we are in union with her fiat, but, but this fiat includes this very, um, this stance of pondering. Uh, and she pondered these things in her heart. So it, it's not just like she 
ran him over like a film strip. No, she she's thinking, what's the meaning of this? Where's God calling me? What's my response to be? Um, so people coming in uh, under the protection of Our Lady of Mount Carmel should have the inclination to meditate and ponder um, from the heart, just like the Blessed Mother. And I think that's a fundamental characteristic of anyone who comes to the OCDS. It's it's a contemplative attitude about life, about prayer, um, about the way of understanding the life of the church and interior growth and spiritual growth. Very important. So this, this um, meditative uh, attitude. And we're not saying that other people don't have this. It's just that without this, you might question a call to Carmel. Good. I'm so glad you brought that up because a lot of people do ponder uh, but may not have the call. So uh, there are many orders that have a contemplative dimension. Mm -hmm. Um, And Marian dimensions. Yes. So as we talk about these six elements, uh, they're going to get deeper and deeper. So, I mean, we could have this devotion to Mary um, and this contemplative meditative outlook um and still not be called to carmel but let's let's take it what what would be another uh the third indicator of a call to carmel right um it would be being inspired by saint Teresa of avila and saint john of the cross okay um the importance of Teresa. after we're called teresian carmelites after all um but dini stresses in this um, chapter that we're talking about that um, he, he wants us to know that he also includes St. John of the Cross, St. Therese Little Flower, St. Teresa Benedicta, the entire yes. Carmelite deposit of writings. And there's so many <laughs> with such good writing. And of course, with those three doctors of the church, yes. Teresa, Therese, and John, I mean, who we could live our whole life on just one of those, but to have all three of them where it's really a rich tradition. I like this quote of his, the spirituality of the Discalced Carmelites has a very well-based intellectual foundation. And what do you, what do you take from that? Because I, I want to talk about that just a right. little bit. What does that mean, a very well-based intellectual foundation? I would say that the Carmelite writings are going to touch you on a very deep level. Okay. Um, it'll be more than just a case of being moved by poignant words or works. I mm-hmm. do have favorite authors and right. poets who aren't Carmelite, mm-hmm. who might not even be catholic um and but they they still have very moving things to share with the world and and they touch me however you know with the carmelites with carmelite writings it's a deeper more meaningful thing with them um they become a roadmap an internal Mm -hmm. compass almost yeah because you you are being fed spiritually and that yearning for more and then to learn you're you're, it's so gratifying and enriching um and you know i i like to ponder this intellectual foundation a little bit more because i know saint Teresa of avila she liked her nuns to be able to read and write. Mm-hmm. And if they came in and they weren't able to read and write, she tried to get them the teaching so that they could. Because she she herself um, consulted many um, other uh, ecclesiastics and, and authorities and theologians on matters of the spiritual life, the interior life. And um, she wanted, uh, and she read a lot herself, and uh, she felt that that was very important. Uh, so uh, to me, I'm thinking that, you know, you you come into these classes as an aspirant, which is a year long, 
formation and you give them an assignment to do, I mean, there should be a desire to really get that done because it's feeding you, because yes. it's enriching you. So, you know, if you're going into this aspirancy class and, and you're like not showing up doing your work, I mean, for me, that's a red flag. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, because there, there should be this hunger to learn. Um, I remember, uh, an instance and I've been in four different communities, so I'm not telling which community this is from, <laughs> but there was one person that came in and, you know, they had, they were familiar with Teresa, Trez, and John, but they, they were of the attitude that they had figured it all out. They knew it all. And so there was no room to grow. And I'm like, well, there's so much more. I mean, I've been studying this for 25 years and I'm like, I'm just learning how much more there is to know. <laughs> I mean, you think you know something and then you realize how little you know. And uh, there's so much more. Especially as you reread the same work oh, over years. You know, yeah. something you haven't read for a few years, you read it again and it's it's brand new and it touches you on such a different level, teaches you so many more things. Right. So if a person comes in thinking they know it all or they think immediately that um, I can teach this stuff, um, there's, there's importance of living it, not just having brain knowledge, right. <laughs> you know, intellectual knowledge is not enough. You need to live it and you need to embrace it and you need to ponder it. And so I, I think this hunger to learn from the Carmelite saints is really, really strong. Um, I know Father Dini said, a Carmelite who does not have the interest in studying or deepening the roots of his or her identity through prayer and study loses their identity and can no longer represent the order. They must have an attitude that is open to study. I mean, now this is a stickler point um, because uh, for a while there was a lot, a lot, a lot of reading. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, now we're, we've backed off um, and we're going deeper into the readings that we have and not covering the breadth of them like we did before, but we're going into a deeper depth, which, which I think is very good. But this uh, openness and willingness to study, I think, is important um, under this uh, aspect of being inspired by St. Teresa and John. Yes. If there's anybody listening who's new in formation just now or considering it, I, I, I would say that, you know, with these, we call them reading assignments, but you don't just look at it as a homework that, assignment that I have to get done before the next meeting. It's you want to read it because it's, it's, you know, it's, it's that call. It's you, right. It's, and it's telling you about what this is all about. And if you're resonating with it, then that's part of your discerning that, Yes, God is calling me because this is feeding me. This is exciting me. I want to go to meetings. I want to be there to learn. Um, so uh, I, I think that's very important. And I know this is something that you wouldn't want to do just once during the month, but you, you want to develop a habit of right. spiritual reading. Right. Um, yeah, daily spiritual reading is, is a part of being a Carmelite. Um, you know, reflecting on the reading, be willing to grow, as you've already said. Um, be willing to be challenged because you will face hard realities about yourself. Yes. Um, when God shines on you, you'll see the dust. <laughs> <laughs> um, you will want to walk this journey with the Carmelite saints in particular. Right. Again, not the Carmelites don't read other saints, but they will always come home to Carmel. Right. And with the secular discalced Carmelites, we, we see things through the eyes of St. Teresa 
Whereas the Ocarms, the ancient observance, they would see things through the eyes of Elijah. Other orders, maybe the Dominicans would see it through St. Dominic, St. Catherine of Siena. Um, so, uh, or the Franciscans, of course, St. Francis, St. Bonaventure. Uh, so in this realm, uh, a call to the discast Carmelites, uh, of course, it's going to be Teresa and John and Therese uh, that are really going to be attracting you and feeding you and and um and you're wanting to grow in this interior life that they are uh teaching about and you know the focus on prayer and virtue and detachment and love of neighbor all, all these wonderful things uh, of course all the other orders have wonderful things too but but this is uh more of the contemplative dimension and in through the eyes of uh, St. Teresa of Avila. Right. Think about how you click with certain friends. There, there are certain people that you just, you know, your, your conversations are just, they flow because you, you know, you just, um, you're, I don't know, your worldviews are, are, are more similar. And so, you know, uh-huh. things just come easily. And it's not that you don't find inspiring things from other friends who, oh, wow, that was a really great idea. Or I really do enjoy spending time. But they're just certain people that you click with more. And I think that's how you can help discern, you know, yes, is it St. Francis of Assisi? Is it St. Teresa of Avila? Mm-hmm. That helps you know, too, if you click with a particular saint, just as you would the person sitting across the table from you. Right. Now, a person coming in, they they usually visit four or five times, um, and then they apply to get into this aspirancy. Um, so they may not have it all figured out at oh, the right, beginning, right. but there's an attraction um, to want to learn more, um, and there is a comfort um, in the uh, socialization among the people. Um, there's a um, identify identification that that occurs sometimes in very subtle ways. Um, I remember when I first went to my first meeting, and from then on, that I just knew <laughs> I felt so comfortable, and it fed me immediately. And I was like, I've been looking for this everywhere and i don't find it anywhere and this is where you know i was being fed about the interior life of prayer of how to grow there was some structure here where i wasn't getting the kind of detailed structure that i needed in other places and i was like wow this is great and you know every month that i'd go i'd get more and more excited so i was you know many of us um in this area, we actually drove an hour and some for two hours just to get to the meetings. Uh, and then we'd have three or four hours at the meeting and another an hour or two hours back. So it was an all-day adventure. But we never complained about it. We're always so grateful for this opportunity to be with these people who are all hungry for God, all wanting to grow in prayer, all seeing the value of the Marian um, way of life, of um looking through the lens of Teresa and John and Therese. It was so powerful. And um, it, some people, it takes a while to, to discern all that. Others, it comes very quickly. But um, uh, it is a two-way call, the person themselves and then the council of the community 
working on behalf of the church. And I know we may get into that a little bit later, but um, you know, you don't always know this right away. I just wanted to point that out. But I didn't know right away. It took me a while. You could call yeah, me the classic. Okay, so, so, yeah, tell us a little you bit about it. You could call me the classic introvert. So as far as community, you know, mm-hmm. I was a little shy because I had, I, I knew there was a call, but I, so I'd been through different groups throughout uh-huh. the years. And right. so I just was not sure at all. But really, it was the readings that spoke to me that knew that that, that led me to believe you must come back. Um, because, <laughs> you want some more. <laughs> yes, because the, it took longer for me as far as the, the um, community aspects of it mm-hmm. went mm-hmm. before I felt comfortable. And oh, yes, these are my people. <laughs> and would you say that you knew before the end of the aspirancy or was it through the process of discernment with really, the council? Really, it was the process of discernment with council that, that mm-hmm. helps. I just wasn't sure. I was hesitant to trust. <laughs> yeah. I know there's two, two questions that are very good to an, um, ask yourself. And that is, um, why would I like to be a Carmelite? And why does God want me to be a Carmelite? Yes. And you should try to answer both of those. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, um, all right. Well, we're going to take a little bit of a break now. And we actually have covered three of our points. And we've got three more points uh, in particular that we want to discuss. But we're going to take a, a little bit of a break for station identification. And then we will return right back here to Carmelite Conversations. Thank you. Son of God, enfold you with His Spirit and His love. Let Him fill your life and satisfy your soul.
You're listening to Radio Maria, a Christian voice in your home. We now return to our program, Carmelite Conversations with Francis Harry. Well, welcome back to Carmelite Conversations here on Radio Maria, a Christian voice in your home. Colleen and I are talking about testing and discerning a vocation to the secular order of Carmel. And we've just covered the first three points about being a practicing member of the Catholic Church under the protection of Our Lady of Mount Carmel and inspired by St. Teresa of Avila and St. John of the Cross. So now we're ready to go to the fourth point. So right. Colleen, let's get us started on this second half here well, with this well, fourth point. Because we were just talking about community, and this would be makes a commitment to the order. Right. And to the order uh, is the order at large in the whole world because yes. it's worldwide, it's international, but also in the community of whatever city or town it is. Right. Um, as we said, there are many Catholics with a devotion to Mary, strong interest, even academic expertise in St. Teresa, St. John, the, 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 the host of the saints we've listed, um, yet they don't have a vocation to Carmel. Um, there are lots of Catholics striving after contemplative life who practice some of the daily things that, ca- that the Carmelites practice. The six um, M's. The six M's, which, which is... we did discuss a, a year ago in the show. That it's, this one's the follow-up, too. But go ahead, Francis. You can... they, I'll list those six M's just because this is part of the Carmelites, um, uh, what we do. Mass, meetings, a Marian devotion, mental prayer, morning-evening prayer, and mission. Yes. So, okay. Right. So... Uh, people practicing the contempt of life, but not necessarily have a call to the OCDS. Right. So the diff- what makes the difference between a vocation to Carmel and a life lived similarly to that of the secular Carmelite? And that would be a commitment to the order itself. Right. So that's the biggest defining factors thus far about right. what's the difference between somebody who's who's very knowledgeable about the Carmelite saints or somebody who's a very big prayer warrior or, you know, deep prayer, you right. know, what's the difference? Um, uh, what is the defining principle of being in the order? And that is the commitment. The to commitment. The order. Okay. And, so talk to us about commitment. Yeah. Cause a commitment to an order is different from a commitment to an organization. Right. Um, in committing to an order, you're acknowledging that you want to orient your life in a profound way towards that order's charism, their spirit, Spirituality. Um, yeah, that's going to be the guiding factor. Um, that, that is going to be kind of like your um, uh, your arrow pointing north, <laughs> how, how you climb the stairway to heaven. Right. <laughs> um, the, the commitment is, isn't as intense if you take about, you know, serving on parish council or volunteering in the soup kitchen, things like that. Um, it's not to diminish the dedication of people involved in these types of activities, but rather to underscore the difference in the levels of a lifetime commitment. And that's what the Carmelite is, the lifetime commitment. Right. Even though in these other activities like um, feeding the hungry, et cetera, et cetera, those can be lifetime commitments. Uh, this is a, uh, uh, I mean, it involves promises and uh temporary and definitive promises and even can go to the vows. So a a very deep um, aspect which involves not just the person, but, but the church at large and the order at large. So it's not just for the person. Right. Um, So, you know, you could say it's, it's permissible to be, you know, on your parish finance committee and, you know, to have the local rosary rally and you could be, you know, attend Opus Dei meetings or something like that. However, it's not permissible to be a Carmelite and a Dominican because those are such a more profound um, dedication of your life that they just 
you you couldn't do it. Right. I, I, I don't see how you would want to do it. You wouldn't, you know, it's like. I, well, it's, it, <laughs> it's two, two different directions. Right. Um, and so, yes. Uh, and so that's a very important. You, you can't be in two orders at the same time. Um, now you might be a secular order or discuss Carmelite and a member of some other groups, but you're not making any promises. Right, right. It's not a life journey or a, a lifestyle that, that is going to conflict, conflict with Carmel. So, um, it's you choose the order or the spirituality that God calls you to, because that's where you'll do best. Right. Uh, I know I've been on many councils where we had to say, no, you, you don't have a call. Um, and that's a good thing to learn because now you have crossed that off the list. And yes. okay, Lord, where are you? You are being called somewhere else. Yeah. You're, yeah. God the is calling you. The fact that you came to Carmel means you have heard a call. Right. But if you, you need to, if it's not the right one, well, you should want to know. Yeah, <laughs> so you yeah. Can be on the right road for you. Yeah, and maybe that whole discernment process will lead you to where God is calling you to. So it should never be taken as a a negative, but uh, always as this is God's will for me at this time in my life. And you know where where does God want me? Because that's where I will grow the most. Right. Yeah. Exactly. All right. So now, so we we talked about about commitment to the order. And that that is by uh, uh, going to the meetings, being involved in the community, and uh, and it's a lifelong commitment. Now, of course, we don't make that lifelong commitment at the very beginning. We we take it in stages, right. and we discern in those stages: a one year, then a two year, then a three year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's important. But now let's talk about um, what it is to have commitment to the community, right? Because you also have a commitment to that community where you have begun your formation, where you started attending your meetings. Um, it's, it, you, the, I would probably say maybe the primary one is committing to attending the meetings every right. month. And, and you're being committed to uh, uh, and dedicated to a common goal, right? which is, is growth in the interior life through the charisms of the Carmelite order. Right. Um, I would say, too, participating in your community's activities. These activities can vary from community to community. Absolutely. I'll ask, actually, maybe Frances can tell us because she's been in more than one. We've talked about the ones that we do here, you know, where we do the novenas and we lead um, evenings of reflection or things like that. But, you know, you can tell us what other communities do. Well, I know some communities uh, sponsor the seminarians through prayer. And they put a seminarian's name on each day of the week on a calendar. And they are dedicated to praying for those seminarians. Uh, It may be just for their local community or it could be for the diocese diocese or for the state. Um, Some do it just for the Discuss Carmelite Friars, you know, a call to there. Um, some, uh, uh, have a, a prison apostolate, uh, reaching out, teaching prayer to those in prisons. Uh, isn't that beautiful? That is oh, jeez. Yeah. Some are, are writing, uh, and doing talks, uh, presentations, reflections. Uh, so it, it could be a writing apostolate. Uh, it could be, you know, uh, the books that they put together, um, of course, prayer is is the basis, you know, because we want to pray first, and then all these apostles are a result of the prayer, the fruit of the prayer, um, which is you know coming from directly what Teresa Vavla teaches us. Right. But you know, our uh, our community does some other things. Do you want to talk about the novena? 
Right. Yeah. The, the, the novena, we've done a show on that one to help people out there who might want to do such a thing in their own uh, parish where you um, host, a, we, we host a novena leading up to the feast day of St. Therese, the little flower. Um, and, well, you know, this, this radio program, this radio program? <laughs> like conversations is actually <laughs> a postulate from our community here exactly. in Dayton. Of course, we've had guests from all over the world, uh, but we've used a lot of guests from our own community. So, um, and we benefit and, and we have a Carmelite Conversations Facebook page okay. and a CarmeliteConversations.com uh, website where our podcasts are are located. Right. So we want to invite people to go there. Right. But um, you know, it's it's important to uh, also think about how we are involved in the community. We we want to um, be a participant in the community, but we don't want to overwhelm <laughs> either. Right. Fostering know? a healthy community is part of of the attending the meetings um some people are just less inclined to speak up in groups but and maybe know, need to be inspired to and, speak up <laughs> yes. and that's a good thing and, and that's what you should be some people tend to be um the kind who like to lead conversations yeah talk too much talk too much okay we'll just say it talk too much <laughs> and it might be that the holy spirit is telling you that you are being called to community to learn how to just step back and listen to other people a little bit better right. um yeah so um, so being committed to the order and being committed to the community. So and, and this is a uh, a place where it's important to keep the uh, attendance. And they're always stressing, you know, make sure you sign in. We mm-hmm. want to know who's here because uh, not showing up and not having a reason, a good reason to, to show up uh, kind of helps you discern the call is probably not to Carmel if they're like, well, I don't feel like going today. Right. No, the one who has a call is like, you know, I'm going to do everything I can to clear the calendar, make sure that this date is free. This is a, a priority for me. So, I mean, if it's a call, you want to make room for this. Uh, and so you're going to work these other details around it as much as you can. Right. Sometimes family, um, you know, you've We're got somebody. Carmelites. Life will intrude. <laughs> yeah, like somebody's going to be confirmed. I mean, we, we don't want to miss our kids' confirmation, right? right? <laughs> okay. All right. So commitment to uh, the community, to the order. Very important. Okay. That leads us to the, the next point, the fifth point. Um is to seek the face of God. Talk to us about that. Well, what I will do is I'll read a quote from Father Dini because he says it in a nice way. Um, Prayer does not make us holy. Prayer is the essential element in Christian Carmelite holiness because it is the frequent contact necessary to remain faithful to God. This contact allows God to do his will in my life, which then announces to the whole world God's presence and goodness. Without the contact of prayer, I cannot know God, and God cannot be known to others. You know, as Carmelites, as we say, we know God so that he may be known. Well, how can you do that if you don't take the time to get to know him? Yeah, and it is through prayer that we get to know him best. And so our prayer needs to be focused. It needs to be silent, too. Um, Not always talking, but we got to be listening. I mean, how do you have a relationship if you're always the one talking? (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't Um, work so well. So this prayer, of course, is what Teresa Vavla tells us is an intimate conversation, a frequent intimate conversation with him whom we know loves us. 
And so that contact with God is something that should be ongoing, the unceasing prayer, always in contact with God, always seeing God around us and in us and in others. Um, and the more we pray and the more we grow, the more we see how true that is. <laughs> We are living in God, and we might be sinning in God, too. Um, that's what Teresa Vavla reminds us in the Seventh Mansion is uh, t- thinking about how we live in him. He lives in us, and yet we still sin in him. Um, so the, the the call to grow in holiness is so important. You know, the OCDS wants to see God, wants to know God, and recognizes that prayer and meditation now take on a greater importance. So it's not like, oh, I got to make time for prayer because I got to check it off my list. But I want to make time for prayer because I'm hungry for God. I want to know him more. How can I know him if I don't um, study um, about him through scripture? How, how do I come to know him more if I don't talk to him, if I don't listen to him. So it's very important for us to take time to pray and to um, try to make it a life of prayer, not just moments of prayer. Yeah, I think the one thing that we talk about in that early formation class is, um, you know, St. Teresa and St. John are sometimes known for their, you know, mystical side. Right. And the Carmelite, you don't, you don't come to Carmel to consider prayer as well. I'll pray and I'll read, I'll meditate and boom, I can have wonderful mystical encounter with God. Right. Um, you know, it's not, when you read about her interior um, mansions, it's not that you move through them like a, a checklist. You don't just practice those daily things as, as a way to move step by step through that seven mansions. Right. You advance on your spiritual path because you've put in the time dedicating yourself to spending time with God. St. Teresa of Avila has said, um, you know, it could take an entire lifetime to reach, you know, as far as you're going to reach before you cross <laughs> into the next realm. But it can also happen in a moment. She said, right. just saying the Our Father, you, you could enter into this contemplative yes. contemplation. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it's, it's, it's about you know, you don't worry about what those outcomes are. You just want to spend time with God. Yeah, you make the effort. And what is that effort? It's that self-giving. And who's the best model of self-giving? But Jesus, who gave all on the cross. He gave us everything. So we do want to take time um, to dedicate, to spend time with God. All right. Um, And, of course, we want to see God in others. Right. Um, we're all made in his image and likeness. Right. How true. We need to just ponder that. <laughs> yes. Everyone Nowadays, is made in image and likeness. Nowadays, we need to ponder that every <laughs> other person out there is made in the image and likeness of God. Um, you know, and in in the the world, too. He he made the world. We, right. You know, in there's, nature. There yes. are so many biblical references to the natural world. It, it's just, it's there. You can't deny it. Um, it happens all the time for Christians who are sincere seekers. You know, right. you, you're coping with difficult people um, by giving yourself internal reminders that this person should be t- treated well. Yeah. If only because he's made in the image and likeness of God. They might be a very difficult person, but you need to remind yourself that. And I think the prayer um, helps us be open to that nudging by the Holy Spirit uh, to uh, remind us to look for God in other souls. Right. I, I mean, the prayer is, is, you know, reinforcing that, that 
spiritual umbilical cord <laughs> that would get stronger and grow and and hopefully um with time and effort and of course god's grace and and his work in us you'd lead to that union make us one that we would be one and that's the prayer of jesus father that they would be one yeah. we would all would be one yeah um um, I'm trying to think, I, you know, as far as seculars go, because again, we're out there living in the world, um, but seeking the face of God at the same time. Um, a Carmelite seeking the face of God gains through prayer, a more continual and steady reminder of God's presence throughout the day. St. Teresa of Avila wrote about being among the pots and pans. God walks among the pots and pans. Um, Brother Lawrence of the Resurrection while flipping his omelet in the frying pan, he would right. give glory to God. It really is in all those moments, too. And when you see people come in to, to formation at first, I, I think that we all, no matter how long you've been at this, you're always being reminded of these things. But maybe you accept it more as, oh, you know, because you, you recognize the Holy Spirit working in your life. And so you're able to... Um, you know, deal with a difficult person or, you know, remember the gods among the pots and pans. But I think that for people who are early in formation, it's because they're taking prayer, you know, more seriously, perhaps, or looking at it from a different perspective mm -hmm. that they will share. I was sitting there in this meeting and all of a sudden it just struck me. Uh -huh. uh, and so then I was able to at least be more polite to this difficult person. Right. Right. And that's where our virtue is tried and, and strengthened. It's in the battle, <laughs> not hiding in the corner. <laughs> well, you know, Father Dini says the secular, um, and he's referring to the secular Carmelite, is drawn to prayer, finding in prayer a home and an identity. So there's this great desire to prayer, not a, I have to pray to check it off my list so I can think I'm, I'm holy, but this, I, I need to pray because I, I need God in my life. I want to know him more. I, I, I um, am hungry for I him. I need to pray as much as I need to eat to stay alive in the yeah. day. <laughs> it, it, it's like uh, the air we breathe in our lungs is prayer is to our spiritual life. Uh, we, we need prayer to live this spiritual life. All right, that leads us to this sixth point that that when we put all of these points together will give us a, a good picture of how we test and discern a vocation to the secular Carmelites. And this last one is, I think, very important, of course, for the sake of the church and the world. Yes. Prayer is broadening. Love expands. We don't pray merely as a self-help, self-improvement exercise. Again, we just said Carmelites seek to know God so that he may be known. Um, this is from Father Dini. St. Teresa had the conviction that the only proof of prayer was the growth of virtue and that the necessary fruit of the life of prayer was the birth of good works. Right. How we serve our neighbor. So important. <laughs> and, you know, um, one of the documents of the church, um, I believe it's the encyclical Christe Fidelis Leici by John Paul II, um, addresses the need for the laity to be involved in bringing God to the world. And all oh, the world is in darkness, and we need to step up and, and do all that we can to bring God to the world. And there is a list of things that um, Christe Fidelis Leici lists in Article 30 um, about the fruits of prayer. Okay, this is direct quotes. Renewed appreciation for prayer contemplation, liturgical and sacramental life, the reawakening of vocations, 
a readiness to participate in programs and church activities at the local, national, and international levels, a commitment to catechesis and the capacity for teaching and forming Christians, a desire to be present in various settings of social life and the creation and awakening of charitable, cultural, and spiritual works, the fruits of prayer. Those are all the fruits of prayer. Um, according to the document, it's a responsibility of the lady to spread the gospel. If we're called to do that as Christians, does it matter if it's done as, if it's done as Carmelites or not? Well, if you're being called to Carmel, you're being called to live out this church directive in the context of these points that we've discussed thus far. Right. Um, for some people, the call to Carmel is quite clear. For others, the call becomes more clear during the years of formation. Um, it's also true that some feel called to live a life inspired by Carmelite spirituality without an actual call to the order. Right. But you'll never know until you begin the journey. Right. Um, and I I want to remind people that the council of the local um, secular order of discalced Carmelites um, is a big factor uh, in helping one discern. Uh, so that's very important to remember that uh, if we just do it by ourselves, that's probably not a, a very full discernment. Uh, it's good to have an outsider, uh, maybe a priest, give you direction, your confessor, and then the council of the community, um, as well as the um, people who are leading the formation classes and the facilitators. They all help in this discernment. Yeah. So um, Father Dini writes, each community needs to answer the question as a community, what can we do to share with others what we've received by belonging to Carmel? And I know that means something different to each community. And, and we had talked about that a little bit earlier uh, about uh, some of the outreach that we have as far as novenas, this radio program, uh, tithing uh, from your donations, uh, doing reflections and seminars and stuff. Uh, very important. Um, so, uh, Colleen, would you mind? Let's, we only have a few minutes. Let's go over those six points one more time just briefly so that we can uh, uh, synthesize all of this. Okay. Right. Testing and discerning your vocation to the secular order of discalced Carmelites is by seeing if you're a practicing member of the Catholic Church, you are feeling called under the protection of Our Lady of Mount Carmel, you're inspired by the works of St. Teresa of Avila and St. John of the Cross, um, you make a commitment to the order, that the big order that's, that includes the, the friars and, and the contemplative sisters as well, um, you, you're seeking the face of God for the sake of the church, and of the whole world. All right, there you have it. Six great points to discern a vocation to the secular order of discalced Carmelites. And I know Father Dini says the vocation of the secular uh, in Carmel is contemplative, lay, and apostolic. And we've covered all three of those through through the prayer and the action um, as secular. So that's very important. How about you know, wrap this all up for us? I'll give you, I'll finish with a quote from Father Dini. Being a Carmelite is not a privilege, it's a responsibility, both personal and ecclesial. It is not any one element that discerns the person who has the vocation to Carmel as a secular. It is the combination that makes the difference. 
Well, thank you so much, Colleen, for coming on to Carmelite Conversations and sharing all of this with us. I know that uh, many people will find uh, great value in this in helping uh, to discern a call um, to the Carmelites. And um, uh, we've had many programs with you, and they've all been such a joy. <laughs> well, thank you. I'm having fun. Um, yeah, I'm very grateful. I, uh, thank you for, for taking the time to be with us to share all of that. Um, I also just wanted to point out, again, the book that we have used as our main resource, Welcome to the Secular Order of Discalced Carmelites by Aloysius Dini. Um, he was a friar and uh, uh, head of the order for a while. Um, and so he wrote that article and uh, very, very good, very helpful to the whole order. There's also, I just want to point out another resource that you can go to, the Ratio Institutionis of the Secular Order of Carmelite, um, of Carmel, um, where they talk about qualities that uh, indicate on a human level, on a Christian level, and on a Teresian charism level, um, uh, what you would look for at like if you were a council member. So uh, if you're on a council uh, for any of the communities in Carmel um, for the seculars, uh, you might want to consult this ratio for more information. Okay, well, with that, we, we have come to the end of our time, and I want to close out with this prayer from Divine Intimacy um, by Father Gabriel of St. Mary Magdalene. It's from um, the, his 76th um uh, writing in that book from Tan Books. Uh, excellent book, I, I Divine Intimacy. You can either get a one volume or four volume. I have to say, um, it's one of my favorite books, and I think every <laughs> Discounts Carmelite should have it. <laughs> All right, well, let's get recollected, and let us call upon the Holy Spirit to help us pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Oh, Lord, you call me unceasingly, drawing me to yourself. Grant that I may respond to your call with ever-increasing generosity. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Thank you again for being with us on Karma Light Conversations. God bless.